Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and spiritual business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I wanna help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. Hello, my coaching family. So today is a big episode. It's a heavy episode. It's an episode that I've been thinking about recording for weeks and what I would say. There might be tears and I'm not going to apologize for any of it. I think this is a really important topic to dive into, especially if you're a woman listening to this, or if you're a man, because you've probably maybe experienced this on the other end. And yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little apprehensive. I've never really publicly talked about this topic before, except I did do a Facebook post a week or two ago. So shall we dive in? Let's do it. So yeah, this is a topic that people don't really talk about, but I was so excited to announce to you guys that I was expecting baby number two. I was planning on recording this podcast episode and I was going to call it Big Life Updates after my ayahuasca ceremony. And in that episode, I was going to announce my pregnancy because that's how my life works. (laughs) In my downtime, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking about what content can I create for my life? And I'm really sad to say that the pregnancy didn't work out this time. I had my first miscarriage. And the crazy thing is I had a psychic medium last year tell me that I was going to have a miscarriage. And when she first told me that, I was kind of like, eh, you know, if it happens, it happens. It'll be fine. I hear that it's really common. But then, you know, I kind of didn't believe her either. It's always one of those things of like, oh, that's something that happens to other people, but it doesn't happen to me. (laughs) And then when it did happen to me, it brought up all kinds of different feelings and thoughts that I didn't think I would have. And so this situation just taught me that you can think you know, you'll know how you'll feel about something, but you just really don't know until you go through it. 
And so as I started to open up and to share with people that I had a miscarriage, I was absolutely shocked of how many women had told me that they had a miscarriage too. And like I said, I was in the labor and delivery field for five years. So I had taken care of patients that had miscarriages and I had seen my patients' history records and I knew miscarriages were very common. And I always heard the statistic, one out of four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. But for some reason, the numbers really didn't resonate until almost every single person that I was telling about my miscarriage was like, oh, me too, me too. I just kept hearing that. Oh, me too. Oh, I've had one too. To the point where I'm almost like, is there anyone out there of childbearing age that hasn't had a miscarriage? (laughs) I know a few, but I would say out of all the people I talk to, and I don't have the exact numbers, but it's been a lot because I find that for me, the more that I speak up, and I share my story, it really helps to reduce the shame. Because the more you keep things hidden and secretive, that's when the shame tends to take take, take over. And yeah, it just I, I would say at least 75, 80, maybe even 90% of the people I've talked to already told me they had a miscarriage too. And so then I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this? And as soon as I thought that, I found a podcast episode by my my new favorite podcasters after bedtime, Kristen and Dina, and it's a parenting podcast, and Kristen talked about her miscarriage, and I will link that in the show notes. And I am so grateful that she shared that because even though we're all having miscarriages, There's no stories out there. And if there are, so sometimes you'll see them, you know, in a movie or a TV show, and it's like, it's very brief. And it's like, you see the woman, she gets pregnant, and then the next day she's like having stomach pain and she's bending over. Sometimes they show you her pants are, there's blood in her pants, and then that's it. And then she's like crying afterwards. And so that's what I kind of thought miscarriages were, is that they come out of nowhere. You know, they they most likely happen in the first 12 weeks, the first trimester. And then you have cramping and you have pain and then you bleed. And then in like a couple hours, everything's done and the baby's gone and you've lost the pregnancy and you're sad afterwards. Like that was kind of all I knew, which is crazy because, again, I was in the perinatal field. Um, so it's just shocking and mind-blowing to me. And then when I went through my own miscarriage, I learned so much. And I was like, wow, there are so many different types of miscarriages out there. There are so many details before, in between, after. And if I don't know this, then I'm assuming most people don't know this. Again, unless like you've personally been through one. But what I've been finding out is that like one of the most healing things for me in this situation is hearing other people's stories. And so I was so grateful that Kristen went into so much raw detail with her miscarriage because 
it was right before, it was like the week before I had mine. And I, you know, to be honest, this pregnancy was a lot different than my first two. And um, when I say my first two, I do only have one child. I had an abortion at 22, but I did go through that pregnancy up till nine weeks. So technically I've been pregnant three times now. And so, yeah, I, I do want to talk about that, but I did, I did feel like I was going to miscarry and it had nothing to do with what that psychic told me. It was like a very deep subconscious feeling that I had um, for multiple reasons that I'll share. And so I, that episode definitely like caught my eye and I'm grateful that I listened to it because then when I went through my own situation, I was like comforted in knowing what to expect and what was going to happen. And when you don't know what to expect, it's really scary. So like I said, I will link that episode in the show notes so you guys can listen to that too. If you know, you're healing from a miscarriage or you've had one and you've gone through one in the past and yeah. So I don't know if you're like me, but I just find it's really helpful to hear other women's stories, especially when this is such a taboo topic. So, okay, where do we begin? So I knew, I knew for a while that this fall we were going to start trying for baby number two. That's why I've been traveling so much this summer and doing my Freedom Friday trips. And that's why I did the ayahuasca ceremony when I did it. And just really trying to get my body and my mind as healthy and prepared as possible to start trying because I've learned that the prenatal period is actually when you need to be the healthiest, which is kind of weird and fucked up. But um, yeah, that's what I've always heard from OBs is like, how you take care of your body is before you have your baby is like actually the most important to get ready for that baby to come into your womb space. So yeah, I've been doing a lot, a lot of preparation work, a lot of deep inner healing, a lot of traveling. And yeah, so we had, we did the ayahuasca, Kyle and I did the ayahuasca ceremony in August. And then right after that, we started trying to conceive and it happened on the first try, which surprised me a little bit, but also didn't surprise me at the same time because I accidentally, when I accidentally got pregnant when I was 22, it happened just from one time with not using protection. And then Lincoln came from after two months of conceiving. So um, I am proud of my body. Um, I feel like my body is fairly healthy and it's fairly easy for me to conceive. So um, I am, in, you know, really grateful for that because I know there's a lot of women who it takes a while to get pregnant or they have, you know, trouble conceiving and, and need to go through the fertility routes. Um, So yeah, so that happened in early September. And I was, I had a few symptoms. I was peeing like crazy throughout the night. And I generally pee a lot because I drink a lot of water, but not, I mean, I was getting up like every hour on the hour to go pee. And I was like, what is going on? This is insane. Did I eat something? Did I drink something? And so when you start to have elevated HCG levels in your body, that's what causes increased urination. So 
Um, that was very odd to me. But other than that, I felt fine. And then, of course, the missed period, which prompted me to take a test. And with the past two pregnancies, the day that I took the test was when I st- when the nausea hit. And I've never thrown up, but I've always had pretty bad nausea. And with this one, I didn't have any nausea. And I was like, well, that's okay. They say sometimes, I don't remember what the percentage, is a small percentage of women that won't have any nausea or morning sickness. And I, I know a couple of friends that didn't have any nausea. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm just one of the lucky ones. And maybe I was, but I think it may have been due to something else, which I'll share about in a moment. But so that felt a little off to me, but I was like, it's okay. I've learned that you can't compare one pregnancy to the next and you can't compare one birth to the next. Uh, They're all unique and different, even though there will be some similarities Um, You really are going to set yourself up for disappointment if you think all your pregnancies and all your births are going to go the same way because they're not. So I've learned not to compare if possible. When you compare, you despair, right? Um, But other than that, and then I started to get some other symptoms. Uh, I started to get really hungry. And then I could tell my, I could smell things a little bit better. I had a heightened sense of smell wasn't really tired. Again, that surprised me because with the first two, I was so tired. I was just in bed all day long. I just felt like I had the flu or I was hungover. Um, So yeah, again, that was a little concerning. And then about two weeks after I got the positive pregnancy test, I went to a, a woman's circle that was hosted by my shaman from the ayahuasca ceremony and her friend. And they told us to bring a special meaningful item with us to the ceremony. So I did. And I grabbed, I was like, what am I going to bring? And I just, my intuition told me to bring this beautiful diamond ring that I have that my mom gifted to me. And it was from when my mom and dad were pregnant with me. I was my mom's second baby. Hold on a second. I'm going to turn off the monitor because Lincoln's waking up and I don't want to be distracted. Okay. This is multitasking and momming at its finest, right? (laughs) I'm just lying in bed here recording the podcast, by the way. It just felt like one of those kind of days. And so my, my mom gave me this beautiful diamond ring that when she was pregnant with me, there was multiple times that they thought that they had lost me um, because she, she was on bed rest about the first six months of her pregnancy with me because she was constantly having vaginal bleeding. And um, basically they found out that she uh, was abrupting. So that's where the, there's not a good attachment between the uterus and the, the placenta wall and when it starts, the placenta starts to pull away, it's called an abruption. And if there's a complete abruption, that's a medical emergency. And, you know, if the baby was viable after 26 weeks, then you would have to do a C-section. Um, but if it's before that, the baby, it, it's, the baby would not survive something like that. And 
the mom can bleed out. And so it's a really serious thing. And so, yeah, there was multiple times where they rushed into the hospital because she was having lots of bleeding and she was convinced that when they did the ultrasound, there was going to be no heartbeat. And, and, you know, obviously I'm here. Like somehow I pulled through and on the night when the bleeding was the worst and they were just absolutely convinced that she had miscarried, uh, my dad presented my mom with this ring and said, you know, I know this won't make up for if we lose our baby, but I just wanted you to have something special to get you through this hard time. And so he gave her this beautiful yellow diamond ring. And my mom and my dad are no longer together. They divorced when I was three, but my mom um, kept the ring and said that someday she would give it to me. And she did. She gave it to me on the night of my wedding. And so I brought that ring with me to the ceremony. And I was like, I don't know why I feel called to bring this ring, but I'm going to bring it. And um, I'm glad I did because during the women's ceremony, we were doing like a lot of breath work and a lot of movement and just a lot of like things to get in our body and, and just create some deeper breakthroughs. And, and during that, I had this realization. I had this realization of, okay, where was I? Interruption number one. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. Um, so we're at this women's circle. And then all of a sudden, I, I think I asked myself, like, why, where is this fear? Okay, I know it was. I was like, where is this fear coming from? This fear that I'm going to have a miscarriage with this pregnancy. And I instantly got the answer that it was not my fear, but it was my mom's fear. Because if you think about it, when we're inside our mom, we're taking on energetically, we're taking on all of their stuff. And so you can imagine throughout my entire pregnancy that my mom was afraid she was miscarrying me because of being on bed rest and all the bleeding and everything and being high risk. And so that was the first answer that I got. And it made sense why I felt called to bring the ring that night. Um, So I was really grateful for being able to just have a deeper awareness and understanding of what my mom went through. And I felt like I was closer to her after going through that and that I was able to just have more empathy for what she went through. And I did so much crying, so much releasing. It was a really beautiful experience. And I just, it was like, you know what, this is why I felt called to come to this woman's circle. So I wouldn't have to bring that fear with me into this pregnancy. And that's been one of my big intentions is I want to do as much work as I can before becoming pregnant and when pregnant. So that way I don't pass down that generational trauma and and I don't bring anything with me that's not going to serve me or the baby. And so, yeah, I was really grateful for that experience. And then, on you know, basically, well, I haven't got to that yet. But, I mean, at that point, I had already miscarried. I had a silent miscarriage. 
And so I think subconsciously, deep down too, I knew that I had had a miscarriage, but I didn't want to, you know, admit it. And then technically I didn't even really know that I had one either. So yeah, I'm, I'm skipping ahead into the story. So, um, after that, I felt like I was good. I was like, okay, I released this big fear of, you know, my, my mom's fear of that. She thought she was having miscarriage with me. And then also I realized too, that this is my, um, like technically second pregnancy. And I really felt like it was female energy. So I, I was like, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. Why this is coming up right now. And then I also reached out to the psychic medium that had predicted that I would have a miscarriage. And I said, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm pregnant and I'm, you know, kind of having this fear that I might be having a miscarriage. And I remember you saying that I was going to have one. Do you think that's true? And she's like, I don't think you're going to have one with this pregnancy. I think you may have had an early miscarriage within the past year, but I don't think it's with this one. But what I've learned too with working with psychic mediums is sometimes, you know, sometimes things don't come true and sometimes things are true in that moment. And so, I mean, you know, as we know, what she predicted was true, but I don't know if she was trying to make me feel better. But after that, I was like, okay, well, you know, she said that it's it's probably not going to happen with this pregnancy. So I'm good to go. So like, I just kind of felt myself relax a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to really enjoy this pregnancy. I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm not having morning sickness and that I, I have energy still. And, you know, because I also read too that it can all happen around the like 10 week mark. That's when your HCG levels are usually the highest right before the placenta will start to take over in terms of like nutrition and um, oxygen and everything for the baby. And so a lot of times that's when women's morning sickness will peak is around the 10 week mark. So at this point I was like, it's seven weeks. So I was like, okay, three, I'm going to enjoy the last three weeks. And then maybe the morning sickness might start at 10 weeks. And (laughs) I'm just kind of felt like I was like playing my cards and I had a great time. Um, I traveled to Hot Springs, Arkansas at, for my Freedom Friday trip, which you guys probably listened to that episode. And I participated in a 5K with Kyle and Kyle's sister, Emily. And we did a cooking class and I was just like living it up and was excited and couldn't wait to tell people that we were going to be expecting baby number two. And then... Then what happened? Let's see. So, okay, I know what happened. So we were getting ready to go down to Florida to see my parents because they don't live in St. Louis anymore. And we really wanted to be able to show them the ultrasound picture confirming the pregnancy. So I asked my midwife if I could, if it would be okay to schedule an ultrasound. She said, yeah, you'll be between like seven to eight weeks. So that's, that's a perfect time to schedule it. So we went into our ultrasound appointment a couple days before we were supposed to go down to Florida. And I had this really cute way that I was going to 
tell my parents that they were going to be grandparents again. And I'm not going to say it out loud because I might use it again for the future. And Kyle was there and Lincoln was there. And, and we weren't telling Lincoln yet because he's in that phase where he's starting to tell everyone everything and there's no longer secrets in our household. So we just uh, told him I was going to a doctor's appointment and we let him play on my phone. And I had my full bladder and I'm doing the potty dance <laughs> because you want to have a full bladder. You can see the baby better, especially when it's um, that early like that. And she tries from the outside and she she couldn't find anything. And she's like, you know what? You might, maybe your due date's a little off. You might be a little bit earlier than you were expecting, um, especially if like you ovulate later. So would you be all right with doing like, um, you know, a, a vaginal ultrasound, internal ultrasound? It's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Whatever you can do to, you know, get our picture and find the baby's heartbeat. And so she goes in the inside and then she's like looking and she's looking and I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing all this stuff. I don't know what I'm seeing and we're not hearing anything. And it's like just minutes are going by and it feels like forever. And I just get this really bad feeling. And she's like, I can't find a heartbeat. And she's like, here's your gestational sack. And she shows us this like little black oval um, but she's like, there's nothing in it and there's not a heartbeat. She's like, are you sure that you're between seven to eight weeks? And I was like, I'm fairly certain I, I, you know, did the, um, I know exactly when my last period was and I'm fairly certain I know when I ovulated and I already did my midwife appointment. And, and so she's like, well, you know, you might just be early. So she's like, I would recommend coming back in two weeks. She goes, we see this happen a lot where women aren't as far along as they think. And we just, the, you know, it's just too soon to tell. So I was like really hanging on to that thread of hope. I was like, okay, I really need this. So I'm just going to, and I texted my midwife right away and she's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that intention with you. And I was like, fuck. I just, again, I just had a feeling, but I was like, if I would have miscarried, then it would have, like, it would have happened out right now or it would have happened already. Like I would have started bleeding. I would have started crying. Like I would know, like, there's no way that I would be having all these pregnancy symptoms and that I wouldn't bleed and that I would have had a miscarriage. Like I was just in disbelief and I went home right away and I took a pregnancy test and the pregnancy test showed positive. And I text my midwife. I showed her a picture. I was like, well, pregnancy test says I'm positive. I'm still having symptoms. I, I just think it's too early. And I'm going to go back in a couple of weeks. And we just won't tell my parents. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's great. That, that sounds like a plan. And then the next day, I start having cramping. And I start having some light bleeding. And I was just devastated. And my hopes are dropping. And I just, again, I just have a really, really bad feeling. And I was, I texted her and I was like, I think it's happening. I think it's starting. I think I'm starting to miscarry. And so my midwife's giving me all these prep and these instructions. She's like, okay, make sure you rest. Um, take ibuprofen for the pain. Drink a lot of water. Um, if you feel like you're soaking through more than one pad per hour, go to the the 
ER. And so I was like all prepped and all ready to go. And then mind you, on top of this, it was the first week for my new coach training students for the October cohort. And I just was like, this feels like the most worst possible time to be going through this because I want to be so excited for my students. I want to be just like bringing my full 110% self like, oh my gosh, welcome, congratulations. We're on this journey together. I I just want to welcome you into this cohort. And here I am not knowing if I lost my pregnancy or not. And it was such a conundrum to be in. And with every coaching call that I had lined up that week, like I had to get clear with myself and say, can I do this? Can I really show up for my students and my clients when I'm currently going through this like personal crisis, which is what it felt like in the moment? And the answer was yes for all of my commitments that week, minus one group coaching call that I had on Wednesday when the bleeding was the heaviest. And I, I knew at that point that I was going through a miscarriage. Um, and so, yeah, what I realized is that, and, and then I ended up having to get another ultrasound later that week to, you know, actually confirm the miscarriage. And so when, when we repeated the ultrasound, there was no there was still nothing in the sack. There was no heartbeat. So at that point, we had known that I had a silent miscarriage. It probably happened around the five-week mark where the baby just never developed beyond the gestational sack. And apparently, um, it's called a blighted ovum. Again, I never heard of that term. Maybe I learned it in perinatal school, but I don't remember. Um, but it's a very common type of miscarriage. And I remember as I was researching about miscarriages because I was just curious about it. And I had read about the silent miscarriage and I was thinking, wow, how cruel, how awful that your body would do something like this to you where it's not telling you that you've had the miscarriage and because you still have the pregnancy tissue inside of you that your body still thinks it's pregnant. And yeah, I was just like, man, I hope that never happens to me. Like if I do have a miscarriage, I just want to know right away. I want the cramping to happen. I want the bleeding to happen. And I want to be done over with. Well, <laughs> that's not how mine went. And so what I learned is that sometimes it can take weeks before your body will recognize that there's not a viable pregnancy. And so you're basically carrying around you know, either, oh, I don't want to say dead baby. Well, it's technically not a baby at that point. It's, um, it's a fetus. But so either, you know, I mean, I am grateful that we did not hear the heartbeat. I think that would have made it even harder. Um, but for a lot of women, they do. They hear the heartbeat, they see the fetus and, you know, something happens. Um, for us, the baby just never developed past a certain stage. Um, but it just felt terrible. It felt terrible to have this, like, it felt like this fake pregnancy, even though it was real, but like this fake pregnancy inside of me and I could not release it. I could not let it go. And I kept like 
putting my hand on my stomach and massaging my stomach and talking to my baby and talking to my womb. And I was like, it's okay to let go. You can let go. I've, I've accepted this. It's okay. And I know it couldn't happen this time. And I was really hoping it gets started on its own and it didn't. So I, uh, told my miss, I told my, uh, midwife, I was like, Hey, I would like to, if you can help me out with this, or if you think I should go into my OB, I would like to take the pill to help this miscarriage get started. Cause I don't think it's going to happen on its own. And I don't want to be walking around out in public and all of a sudden just all this blood starts pouring out of me. And I've heard from a lot of women that that's what happens. And I just, I just couldn't go through with, I, you know, I just couldn't, I just needed it to be done and over with. So she's like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And, um, so she ended up getting me mesotech, uh, or, uh, <laughs> mesoprostol, um, also known as cytotech. It's also what I took to induce my abortion back when I was 22. So it was kind of interesting how this felt like it was all coming full circle in a way. Something I was hoping I would never have to go through again, even though it was completely different circumstances this time. And uh, yeah, so I took those pills vaginally. You can take them orally or vaginally. And I took them vaginally and I just laid in bed and I just relaxed and took it easy for the rest of the day, knowing that it could take up to four to six hours for them to start working. And I remember when I was getting close to the six hour mark and I was getting really worried. And I had read that sometimes you have to get a second dose. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get a second dose. I just, I just want this to work. I want it to be done. And then I think it was around the seven hour mark that it started happening. Um, the cramping started coming on and the heavy bleeding started. I was like, okay, I know it's happening this time. And, um, seeing that all that blood coming into the toilet was just, it was devastating. I th- I thought at this point, like, you know, I know what's happening. I know what to expect. I've been through this before, but it was still, still really hard to see. And it just was like, wow, this is real it's happening and this, it shouldn't be happening in this way. This blood should be for the baby. This blood should be staying inside me and it's not, and it's just leaving my body. And it was sucked, really sucked to watch that. And so, yeah, I ended up, um, bleeding for about a week. They said it, you could bleed for up to two weeks. Um, but mine was only a week. So that, that felt like a little win for me. And there was times where the bleeding was light and then there was times where the bleeding was really heavy and painful and I did see some pregnancy tissue come out, which that kind of sucked to see. And, you know, it's it's one thing taking care of, meta, of your patients that have miscarriages but then going through it, it's a whole nother story and yeah. It was a lot. That was a really hard week. And then, you know, still getting on coaching calls, still coaching my students and teaching my students and just bleeding the whole time while I'm doing it. And it just makes me realize of like how many 
how often are we out and about in our world and we're talking to someone and they're currently going through a miscarriage and we have no idea. And it's probably happening more often than we think because of how high, how, how high the miscarriage rate is. And one of my friends had told me that um, when she used to be a teacher, that she ended up having a miscarriage. And on the first day back from summer vacation, she had her miscarriage while she's teaching her students. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy, again, how often it's happening and how, again, we're not telling anyone because, you know, we're, te- we're not telling anyone that we're pregnant in fear that we're going to have a miscarriage. And it was really interesting to hear Kristen and Dina talk about that point of view on their podcast episode where Kristen talks about her miscarriage of how they think we should be telling more people right away when we get pregnant. So that way, if a miscarriage does happen... We don't have to tell people, oh, hey, I'm having a miscarriage. And by the way, I was pregnant, but you never knew. And that's what I had to do. My pregnancy announcement on social media was, hey, I was really excited to tell you guys I was expecting baby too, but instead I'm going to be telling you that I'm having a miscarriage. And people didn't even know I was pregnant. And then, you know, we could take medical leave because I feel like you should go through medical leave. It's it's traumatic to go through it and it's hard on your body and it's like a really fucking intense period and you need rest and and sometimes it can even be a medical emergency. Um, If you lose too much blood or you're not hydrated, you can pass out. And so I think after this, I think I am going to tell people right away when I get pregnant Um, just so that way I can have more support and more help if I do go through a miscarriage again, because going through it alone sucks. And it really sucks having to tell people that that's what happened when they didn't even know I was pregnant. And the day that it was happening, we were supposed to go down to Florida to see my parents. And I told them, I was like, hey, guys, I know I didn't share this news with you yet, but we were expecting your second grandchild. And and I'm currently having a miscarriage and I just don't think I can come down right now. And it just felt so embarrassing to announce it that way to them. And I wish that they would have known ahead of time that I was pregnant. So I'm definitely going to do that differently for the next time. As I'm just going to tell people right away. And if I go through a miscarriage again, it's okay. And I'll let people know because like I said, I really want to reduce the stigma And I would prefer to be properly supported and not have to have a miscarriage in secret next time Um, because it just, it sucks taking on all that guilt and all that shame of like, did I do something wrong and did I eat something that I shouldn't have eaten or did I exercise too much? I had just done the 5K the week before and so yeah, when you go through one, it really makes you feel broken. It makes you feel pretty sucky. And I didn't want to feel that way. And I don't want women to feel that way. And I'm really grateful for the book that I read, A Cosmic Bond by Emily Green. She's a psychic medium and she talks with people's spirit babies. And that book was really, really helpful for me. Really gave me a higher, more spiritual perspective on why difficult pregnancies, infertility, abortions, miscarriages happen. 
And I didn't want to believe that it just happened because of like a chromosomal deficiency or a genetic reason or, you know, I don't know. There was just, I was like, I need something more than that. And so some of the things that I learned in that book is there, I mean, there could be so many different reasons why a spirit baby decides, you know, the spirit baby comes in, into the womb, ready to enter this world, but then they decide to leave and go back. And it's not that they died. It's not that they're gone. They are going to come back when we're ready to get pregnant, but maybe they wanted a different birth date. Or maybe they felt like they had more work to do in the spirit world. Or maybe there was issues in their relationship or there was health issues. And there was actually both of those. Um, Kyle and I were going through some really, really tough times the day that I found out I was pregnant. Um, you know, you know when you have that like fight with your partner where you're like, is this it? Like, are we over? Like, it was one of those kind of fights. And I was like oh my gosh, this is such bad timing. <laughs> we just found out we're pregnant and and now we're like literally questioning our relationship and is this going to work? And so I think that our baby wanted us to work through some issues that were coming up. And also there was some health stuff with me. And it was really interesting because on one of our processing calls that we did with the shaman that led our ayahuasca retreat, we, um, on the second call, we showed the pregnancy stick on the Zoom call. And we're like, we're pregnant. Because we had told them that that was one of the reasons we were doing the ayahuasca retreat was to get ready for, to conceive the second child. So it was really fun to share the news with them. And then right after that, um, one of the shaman was like, your spirit baby's here right now. And, and she has a message. And I love that he said she, because like I said, it totally, totally felt like feminine energy. And he said, she's so excited to come in this world. She's so excited to meet you two. But she said, there's some health things you have to take care of first. And I was really confused by that message because I was like, well, okay, but she's already here. So, and I'm really healthy. So I don't really know like what kind of like health things I have to take care of first. Like it, 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 he made it sound like you have to take care of some health things first before she's coming. And I was like, but she's already came in. She's already here. And, and, and so at first I thought he might've been referring to with my cervix. Uh, cause a couple weeks earlier I done my OB appointment and they found some abnormal cells and that it's at now level two instead of level one and they're wanting to do a colposcopy and I was like absolutely no way you're not messing with my cervix while I'm you know trying to get pregnant and so and, and the risk for having abnormal cerv- cells on your cervix is that you know it could lead to cervical cancer someday and so I thought maybe that's what she was referring to but I was like I really don't know what I could do about that in the moment. Cause I'm not going to get a colposcopy where they cut in, you know, they cut out like a cone pr- portion of your cervix. And so then what ended up happening, hold on a second, let me take a drink. What ended up happening was the week that I started having some light cramping and bleeding. And after we had that first ultrasound, 
Oh, sorry. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> All right. Hold on a second. Oh, man. Yeah, the pregnancy brain. That was definitely... <laughs> Definitely a symptom that I had too with that pregnancy. I always thought that it came um, after or like later on in the pregnancy, but man, I felt it early on. That was pretty crazy. Okay. Um, so when I started to have some cramping and bleeding and we had that first ultrasound and the heartbeat wasn't there, my midwife was like, hey, let's get you connected with my nurse practitioner because mid- my midwife can't prescribe medications. And she's like, um, let's see if she has any recommendations for you for like possible medications that you can take based on your lab levels. And they had, they had discovered that my thyroid level was low and my progesterone levels were low, um, which was shocking. Cause I was like, I thought I was really healthy and I had done all this stuff this summer to get the healthiest version I could be, you know, to prepare for this. And so I did a virtual session, virtual um, I don't know what you'll call it, doctor's appointment with the nurse, the nurse practitioner. And she's like, okay, we're going to prescribe you and get you on Synthyroid to get your thyroid levels up. And then we're going to get you on vaginal progesterone pills and progesterone shots as well. And she's like, we're going to take a really aggressive approach with this pregnancy. I feel like we can still save it. Because like I said, at that time, we thought that maybe I was just like early dates and that we still had a viable fetus in there. And, you know, and she's like, honestly, she's like, I have this theory because they say that you have a higher miscarriage rate after you are advanced maternal age, which is what I am. I'm I'm 37. I'm going to be 38 in January in a couple months. And she said that all day long, she's doing appointments with pregnant women, um, you know, getting them on Synthyroid because they have low thyroid, thyroid levels, the ones that are at risk of miscarrying or miscarrying. And she's like, my theory, my hypothesis is that if we're more proactive with this, if we check, check labs at the very beginning and we get women on progesterone, you know, advanced maternal age women on progesterone and Synthyroid right from the beginning, that we can prevent a lot of these miscarriages. And that's why the rates are so high. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and she also said that because she specializes in, you know, the prenatal area. And she's like, you know, that's why she thinks that so many advanced maternal age women have miscarriages is because that's not getting treated. And a lot of times in the OB world, um, in the OB world, they're not, they don't do a lot of first trimester treatments. It's, and and that's why I didn't know a lot of, you know, being in the perinatal world. So perinatal means when you're in the pregnancy, prenatal is before the pregnancy. Um, But that's why I didn't know a lot about this stuff. I don't really know a lot about what happens in the first 12 weeks because that's just not something they really take a proactive approach about. But I I do appreciate that my midwife is very holistic and so is this nurse practitioner. And she said that they really like to address a lot of issues and symptoms in the first trimester so they don't go on to become problems in the second trimester. Um, including, I almost had to start regularly checking my blood sugar levels because I had, in one of my labs, I had one 
like blood sugar level that was off. And she was like, that's a little bit too high for a fasting glucose. And, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, it's probably fine. And she's like, no, I like want to, I want to get that looked at and taken care of now. So that doesn't develop into gestational diabetes. And so again, like it seems a little excessive, but I really do appreciate both of them wanting to get things addressed sooner rather than later. So it doesn't turn into problems later on in the pregnancy starting in the second trimester. Um, so it's amazing how even though I'm out of the labor and delivery world that I am still learning so much about. And I just think pregnancy is absolutely fascinating. So currently I, I actually ended up uh, for a couple of days, I took the progesterone pills. And then um, once we determined that it was the miscarriage was happening, my midwife was like, okay, we need to stop taking these now because this would actually prolong the miscarriage because the progesterone is meant to keep like the blood inside of your uterus, um, which feeds the baby. So I stopped taking that, but I have the prescription for the next time that I get pregnant. So she said that I'll start the progesterone shots and the progesterone pills right away. And then I'm still on the Synthyroid. And then she wants me to stay on that, you know, up till I conceive. And then while I'm in that first trimester, just to make sure those levels stay up. And I'm not a big medication person, but you know, if this is what I need to do right now to ensure that hopefully we can set myself up for success for that next pregnancy, then that's what I'm going to do for the moment. So yeah, let's talk about um, where I'm at right now. So it's um, been a couple weeks since the miscarriage happened and um, I was told, I, I don't know if I was told or I read that I need to let my body rest and let myself have a normal period before we start trying again. So um, I'm probably going to get my first normal period like within the next week or so. And then after that, we can start trying. And I've heard that you're the most fertile in the first three months after having a miscarriage. So I definitely want to take advantage of that. Um, I'm still so ready, so excited for baby number two to come. And I've just found a lot of things that I'm grateful for with this miscarriage, which sounds really weird to say out loud. <laughs> you don't usually hear grateful and miscarriage in the same sentence, but um, that's what helps me is being able to find the silver lining. Um, the silver lining for me is that Kyle and I got to work through some deeper issues that were coming up at the time and that I also got to address my health issues. And there was a lot of stuff that needed to get done with the house and we were able to get that done. Um, like one of the things is that, and, and I know this is all really early, but I swear that nesting phase I th I think that I personally think the nesting phase starts way before you even get pregnant. Like fuck it happening in the last 3 months. <laughs> like I think it happens 
way long before you get pregnant. And so, man, you you got to believe that like those first couple of weeks, like I was just like zooming around the house, like Speedy Gonzalez, like, okay, we got to get this and we got to get the baby's room done. We got to do this. We got to do this, this, like you'd probably think I was crazy, like only being six weeks pregnant and some of the house projects that I started working on, but, um, we were actually able to complete them. Like one of the big things was there was a lot of things that we needed to like upgrade in Lincoln's room, like getting him a new fan and then we wanted to get him a new bed because he was still using a crib and so his crib we're going to give to the baby and we just got him new bunk beds and then um, we just built a new pergola outside and which I'm really excited to like sit out that um, under that next summer and hopefully with a baby in my arms and I don't know it just felt like we kind of got a nice head start on getting things ready and I feel like I can like kind of just chill and relax for the next couple of months and just have fun conceiving again and oh there is some there was also some things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do because I got pregnant so fast Um, I've really been wanting to try yoni steams where you like sit over this pot of of herbs that are sit in like steaming water and it's supposed to be really like cleansing and releasing for your vagina and um so I'm going to start doing that and then I also signed up for a Mayan abdominal massage which is like where they massage your abdomen and they like get your organs all back into alignment and it's really good for infertility issues and there's like a spiritual aspect to it and I'll probably do a a podcast episode on all of those things because I'm really focused on just healing anything in my like pelvic area. I've, I've realized I've never like truly focused on the pelvic area and I'm reading this book called Wild Feminine Energy that is like blowing my mind away right now of like how, right? I mean, all our creative organs are there, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, the uterus. That's where, that's the second chakra for the woman. And it's where all our creativity lies. And so I just think there's a lot of stuff going on in that area energetically and maybe even physically that needs some work and attention. And um, so like I said, I'm grateful for this time and space that I can work through that and balance out my feminine energy a little bit more. And um, I'm actually going to be interviewing my shaman here in a couple weeks. And we're going to do a whole podcast episode about how to heal the feminine energy and bring in more of the feminine energy into your life and your coaching business, which I think is going to be really, really fascinating to hear about. So yeah, yeah, I'm just really grateful to slow down a little bit, really process and reflect and continue to heal from the miscarriage physically and mentally. And I did sign up for a virtual pregnancy support loss group too that I haven't attended yet, but I'll share that link in the show notes too. If anyone wants to join that, it's free sessions online and I really don't know what to expect, but I think it could be just really healing to be around other women who are grieving and who have experienced pregnancy loss and hear their stories. And 
I just, you know, I just like to try all the new things in life. And it might not be for me, but I don't know until I try. So yeah, that's, that's my plans. The yoni steaming, the Mayan abdominal massage, the pregnancy support loss group, and just really slowing down and taking it easy for the month of November. And then, like I said, we'll probably start trying again in December and hopefully it'll happen fast. Hopefully that, uh, that thing that I heard where, you know, the most fertile three months after you miscarry is true. And you know, we can get this going again. And, um, oh, you know, the crazy thing that happened too is a couple weeks before we found out we were pregnant, Kyle's sister announced that she was pregnant with baby number two. And then the night that we were going to announce to all of our family members that we were pregnant, Kyle's brother and sister-in-law announced that they were pregnant with their first baby. And so, you know, of course I'm so happy for them. Like, why wouldn't I be? Um, but at the same time, it was a little bit like, oh my gosh, like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> of course, you know, that victim mindset of like, really? Like, out of all the times someone could get pregnant, it has to happen, like, right around the time when I have my first miscarriage, but it'll be okay. Um, and, and I reached out to both of them and I said, hey, guys, I am so happy. I'm so excited for you. Kyle and I are really confident that when it's time for us, it's going to happen for us again. Um, but in the meantime, we just want to hold space for you guys with your first pregnancy and second pregnancy. And we want to be there for you in any way that we can. And, you know, please don't feel weird or awkward talking about your pregnancy because of what we just went through. And um, I just really felt like it was necessary to speak up and, and have that conversation with them. Um, because, you know, when you are pregnant, the first time, second time, third time, like it's exciting and you want to share the good news and you want to share the pictures and you want to talk about the milestones. And so I didn't want them to feel like they couldn't do that with us. So yeah, I feel really hopeful and I'm surprised that I only got teary eyed once on this episode. But like I said, I've really been, um, I did a therapy session. I did a coaching session around this. Um, I'm just trying to like use all my tools and my resources so that way it just doesn't stay heavy for long and I can move forward and I can be ready to start trying again. So I think that's all I have. Um, I really appreciate you listening and uh, hopefully this was helpful for anyone who you know, has gone through a miscarriage as well and and you're having a hard time with it. And, you know, hopefully this was soothing and comforting to know that it does happen. And sometimes we don't know why it happens. But like I said, I would also really recommend to read that Cosmic Bond book. Um, That was just really, really, really comforting for me during some of those dark times. And then also listening to Kristen's story on the after bedtime podcast too was really helpful. And I would just really encourage you to, you know, really just figure out what's going to work best for you. What's going to feel the most healing for you. How do you need to grieve this situation? Um, and it, it might look completely different from what I did. Um, and you know, a lot of times it, 
grief and trauma doesn't make sense either. Um, you know what? I forgot about this, but after I went to that second ultrasound and we officially confirmed the miscarriage, I texted Kyle cause I didn't want him to come with me. Cause like I said, I had a, a feeling that that's what they were going to tell us. And I was like, I texted him. I said, ultrasound done, miscarriage confirmed. I'm going shoe shopping. Don't text me for the next two hours. <laughs> and that's what I said. Like, I was just like so numb And I was like, I just, I don't want to go back home and I just need to be out of the house and I just need to like look at shoes or clothes because that's what makes me happy. And I didn't want to think about what was happening or what was going to happen because I knew a couple days later I was going to need to take the the pill to get the miscarriage started. (sighs) So yeah, it didn't make sense. Why would you go shoe shopping? I didn't even buy any shoes. I just like walked around the store like in a daze for an hour. And that's just what I needed. And I gave myself permission to do that in the moment because that's what felt right. And I didn't question it. I might have back in the day, but I've really studied and learned a lot about grief. And I know that grief can be moody. Grief can have a mind of its own. and, And that's what it wanted in the moment. And then we told Kyle's parents what, happen. And they're like, do you want to go out and get margaritas and Mexican food with us? And I was like, yes, please. In all caps. And I just had like a big old margarita. Cause you know, I couldn't have had that if I was pregnant. And I just was like doing all the things that I could. I just felt like a little like rebel in that moment. And I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to do all the things that I couldn't have done. I mean, I could have gone shoe shopping, but <laughs> And now I like want to get my ears pierced. I want to get my ears triple pierced and I couldn't do it because I found I was pregnant. And then I want to get a tattoo on my left forearm. And now I might do that before I get pregnant. And so I'm like, <laughs> just trying to, just trying to get all the badass stuff in since I've uh, been given a, a little bit more time with this before it happens. So, Okay. I think that is officially it. So I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, if you know of anyone that would need to hear this, that you think it would help them as they're going through their miscarriage or their healing journey, um, feel free to share it with them. Because I know it really helped me to hear other people's miscarriage stories. So I love you all and I'll see you in the next episode. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed at this time. And if you're ready to up-level your coaching skill set and learn how to confidently coach at the transformational PCC level in order to help your clients get bigger breakthroughs and better results, then join our Born to Coach Training Academy at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash certification.